Welcome, everybody. From all around the world. Welcome to this podcast. Escaping the entanglements of our lives. You got yours. And I've got mine. I'm your host. I'm Dolphus Kill. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now our lives, yours and mine's, are easily entangled with things both real and imaginary. Like an insect caught in a spider's web. That's where we are. That's what we, at least some of us, are forced to deal with. Of course, there are those who live our lives in what's known as desperation, desiring to do, but a fear of fearing to do so, afraid to take a step forward. Always stepping backwards. But it does not have to be that way. I maintain escape is possible for everybody all around the world. You can escape the entanglements of your life. Escaping is as simple as shifting your senses. Doing something to equalize your thought patterns to calm your mind. To set yourself on an even keel. Yes, I've got mine and you got yours. And this is my way of dealing with what I call one of the major entanglements of my life. Now, if you're following me, you you know what I'm doing. I'm reading and writing my book before your very ears. <laughs> and I'm having fun doing it. I feel free at last. Ha! As Dr. King said, Thank God I'm out here. We are free at last. But now, like the walrus said, the time has come. 
Yes, my friends all around the world, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 12, chapter 12, Recklessly on the Road Again. Unlike Georgia Boy, who had driven the Serpentine Trail cautiously, Willie James threw any trace of caution to the wind. The tires on the Crown Victoria bounced in the air as they leaped from pothole to pothole. Jimmy had nothing to secure him to the seat. He bounced from spot to spot like a soccer ball on a playing field. Willie James laughed with his eyes focused straight ahead as he fought the stirring wheel, twisting and turning as he kept to the trail. Branches and leaves flew past as they scraped against the car's body. Jimmy had to roll up the windows to keep the leaves and branches away from his face and eyes. Willie James laughed and fed the engine a tap more gasoline. Don't, don't be scared, he grinned, snatching the stern wheel to the right, then quickly to the left. I know this trail. I've been coming out here since I was nine years old. I was with Uncle George while he was cutting this trail. I learned to drive on this trail. I know this trail like I know the palm of my hand. That bit of well-known knowledge was of no relief to Jimmy. Relief only came when the Crown Victoria cleared the trail and paused before turning onto the rutted dirt road. Willie James, freed from the restraints of the trail, suddenly decided to stomp the pedal of the accelerator towards the floorboard. The Crown Victoria jumped like a frog in flight before the front wheels found the ruts in the road. Then the Crown Victoria's rear ends switched like a fishtail as the rear tires fought to find tractions in the ruts. Willie James fought the stern wheel for command. He said out loud, I think the accelerator is stuck. The Crown Victoria slithered swiftly like a snake, then started to slide sideways towards a huge oak tree that had been left standing when the road was cut. Jimmy saw the tree coming straight at them, although the tree stood still. He threw up his arms in self-defense as he had done many times to ward off the threatening blows of Joe Grimes. Willie James stomped on 
the brakes, the brakes held, or maybe it was pure providence, but the Crown Victoria's bumper stopped inches from the tree. Man, that was close, Blue Willie James. I thought for sure I was going to hit that tree. Jimmy blew too. It was a long blow that sounded like a whistle without an end as it died away in the distance. I thought so too. I thought this was it. Jimmy got out of the car to urinate. He hoped this close call with disaster would be a lesson of some sort to Willie James. It was until he reached the smooth asphalt surface of the highway that led back to Gainesville, back to Potter's quarters. The moment the rear tires touched the asphalt Willie James made them spin and smoke. Then, as if a green light flashed on, the Crown Victoria blasted off, leaving the smell of rubber lingering behind. Willie James grinned like a baby having fun. Jimmy sat with his back pressed hard against the seat, his teeth clenched together as the Crown Victoria zoomed and zipped around vehicles after vehicles. Willie James ran through a red light. He barely avoided an accident. His swift maneuvers earned him no friends among the other drivers. He was showered in a cacophony of honking horns, screaming voices, squealing tires, and silent windows pointing from, and silent fingers pointing from windows. <laughs> She's going a hundred now, he called over the noise. I bet she'll be doing 120 when we get across 13th Street. Jimmy eyes scratched in terror. His teeth was clenched. He wanted to say slow down or I bet we won't make it to 13th Street, but he couldn't unclench his teeth. He heard Willie James laughing. Don't <laughs> you ain't scared, are you? Yeah, a, a, a little bit, uttered Jimmy. Don't you think? Don't you think you ought to slow down a taste? Uh, the, the traffic looks like it's getting thicker ahead. You're right, though. Those cars look like they're standing still. Jimmy began, Willie James began breaking his speed and shifting into lower gears. Then he finally came to a complete stop. I wonder what's going on up there, Jimmy asked with a sense of relief. Uh, probably people rushing home from work at the university, said Willie James. I thought I could beat the rush hour traffic. They waited inside the crowd Victoria for traffic to move. It was hot and grueling, although all the windows were rolled down. Their shirts were damped, and beads of sweat dropped from their foreheads before traffic began to move again, and as slow as a sloth 
on the branch of a tree. People on the sidewalks walked faster than the cars creeped on the street. As the crown Victoria crept forward, getting closer to 13th Street, they began to see flashing red and blue lights from patrol cars and fire engines. The car ahead of the Crown Victoria moved in an erratic stop-and-go pattern. After many stops, the Crown Victoria stopped near the center of the scene of a serious accident. The accident had happened in the middle of 13th Street beneath the railroad tracks that bridged the street where Jimmy and Willie James had stood. The cars were smashed and battered. One was charred and still smoking from flames that had been recently extinguished. Another was flipped over on its roof with its tires in the air, and the final one resembled the worst wrecks he had seen in the junkyard at Uncle George's place in God's country. It was hard to say without any accuracy what type of automobile it had been. It looked like a pile of used auto parts. It was difficult to believe from the wreckage that there were any survivors. Firemen and ambulance drivers hovered around one of the cars. Policemen directed traffic or wrote notes in pocket pads. It looked like a three-car collision, said Jimmy. I wonder if there was any survivors. I doubt it, Willie James said. We got lucky. I was headed to the same spot. I guess it wasn't my time. Jimmy didn't say anything he couldn't. His eyes was glued on the wreckage. He spotted the long hair of a woman from the window of the overturned car. The hair was matted with blood. He imagined the woman's eyes were shut. Willie Drame drove through the detour and finally they were headed back to Potter's quarters. He looked happy and seemed excited. Dog, man, I got my ride back. And we both know she will ride. Willie James turned off the main road and into the alley. He drove up to the front porch and parked. They got out of the car and took the shaky steps up to the squeaky porch. The screen door was unlatched and the front door was open. Billie Jean reclined on a sofa as she watched something on television as a breeze from a window fan kept her cool. She smiled when she saw Jimmy. Well, how did you like it out there in God's uh, country? 
Jimmy took a deep breath and cut his eyes up at the ceiling. Oh, it was enjoyable and very exciting, too. There's nothing exciting out there in those woods to me, she said. Then to Willie James, you got some mail in there on the table. What are you watching, asked Jimmy as he started towards the sofa. It's a movie, she said. I turned it on the television because I was hot and bored and wanted some noise. Oh, that's Casablanca, Jimmy said it excitedly, taking a seat on the sofa. That's Ingrid Bergman talking to Sam. While Willie James sat at the table reading the letter, he chuckled out loud as he read. Jimmy began to watch the movie with interest. He had seen a few Bogart movies. There was a television station in Chicago that featured a Bogart movie every Saturday night. If Joe Grimes wasn't at home, he got a chance to watch a full feature. Otherwise, he had to watch what Joe Grimes wanted to see or go upstairs to his room. For the briefest moment, he thought within himself, thank God I'm free of Joe Grimes. He had seen scenes from Casablanca, but now at last he could watch the full movie. Man, I got something here, Willie James beamed, standing up from the table, returning the envelope to his pocket. Come on, let's go outside so I can run it down to you. Let him stay here and watch the movie, snapped Billie Jean, rising up from the sofa. Jimmy, don't you want to stay here and watch the movie? What's the big rush? Oh, girl, you make me sick, cried Willie James. And then to Jimmy, oh, man, are you into that movie? Well, this is a Humphrey Bogart movie, said Jimmy. I have seen a few of his movies, but never this one. So, yeah, I'd like to finish watching this one. Okay, I'll be back later, Willie James said, showing his displeasure. But I got a plan that will put both of us on our feet, I bet. Billie Jean said. Willie James hurried outside without another word and climbed into the car. He slammed the door. He tapped the accelerator with his foot several times to gun the engine, then jetted off, leaving behind a cloud of sand and dust. And dust? <laughs> we have come to the end of this episode escaping the entanglements of our lives. I invite people all around the world to join me again <laughs> next time, this Thursday, for escaping the entanglements of our lives. So long, everybody. <laughs>